congratulations <laughs> on winning a competition against some teenagers. Hey! Let's go. Yeah. It wasn't just teenagers. What do you think the average age was in the division? Because <laughs> it was a 16 well, and up division. I push it pretty high, you know? I push that average up there. <laughs> so do you. <laughs> the two of us. Um, oh, I don't know. Like, there's definitely a lot of younger, younger people who were competing. And, um, uh, was it Gideon? He's like 17. So he, and he's like seemingly their kind of top talent over there. Is he from Penticton or? Yeah. Okay. We're talking about the competition that we alluded to at the start of last week's podcast. Yeah. Yeah, Wait, so, did we talk about it? Yeah, yeah okay. we did. Yeah, yeah. No, because I started the podcast talking about how worried I was about not being trained up enough. Yeah. Turns out wouldn't have mattered anyways. But <laughs> um, yeah, it was uh, better than expected. I mean, we were kind of going off to this thing to uh, paint a picture for some of our uh, viewers, listeners. Penticton is a town, city below a slightly bigger town city in the middle of interior BC. So it is a four to five hour drive away from Vancouver. Vancouver being the most major and modern city in BC, the rest of BC, not being inhabited by, by uh, that many people, you know, yeah. even, even Col I don't know the population of Kelowna is, but you know, if someone told me it was less than a million, I would not be shocked. Oh, I mean, there's not even a million people in Vancouver. True. There's over, I mean, over a million in greater Vancouver, yeah. but in Vancouver itself. It's like so six or 700,000 people. Yeah, so Vancouver, already a small city. We're driving five hours into the interior of BC where you, you almost wonder why people live there because it's so far away from anything quite rural. Uh, but they do have. But it's beautiful. It's it, a really nice. Yes. It's a really nice like area. So yeah. Um, yeah, and they do have two parkour gyms. So there is a parkour gym in Kelowna, which is the bigger city, and then beneath that, Penticton, which is where the gym that we went to was located. And so, if you're someone that gets into parkour and tries to get a grasp of the skill levels and talent out there. On Instagram, this is a place and uh, a people and a, a group of youth that you would never be able to hear about. And we certainly did not know what kind of kids they would have out there because it was a primarily youth competition. Although before we went, I did ask if it was okay for adults to participate because we wanted to. And it turns out some of the kids out there are really good. Yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> uh, definitely... Uh, surprised by the level of their uh, their youth athletes. Uh, seems like they have kind of like a cohort of of kids aged roughly fifteen to seventeen that are all kind of um, pushing each other and 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 training together uh, on a regular basis. So um, it's pretty pretty cool to see their um, their talent. Uh, in person because it's hard to tell based on, I don't know. I mean, I haven't even seen half of these kids or most of them. So, uh, it's hard to get an idea of, of it, but competition is actually a really good way to see 
people's level because you're kind of like comparing on an equal would, playing field. Could argue it's the best way. Ooh, argue, yeah. Because I think I think even when we started getting into the the game of of making the game <laughs> of making competitions, that the was game of making the game. <laughs> it's that, a good game. It's a great game. It's a game make. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> that, that was uh, something that we would... I, I don't think we talk about it so much. Well, we do. I mean, that's what we get excited about. But I just remember the excitement back in the day being around trying to collect these these top names just so we could finally determine being only able to see in the past like video versus video, who jumps further, who's more skilled, who who has better commitment and bringing them to an SPL competition was our way of being able to, to finally see. Yeah. Right. And I think that maybe sits weird with some people that, that do parkour, but whatever. Um, it's just, it's just something you wonder about. I think, I think you can't help but wonder. You see, particularly like nowadays, you know, on Instagram, you see someone do a big jump and then you see another person do a big jump. This one has a million views. This one has 10, probably more than 10, but... <laughs> Uh, but you get what I'm saying, and and you you know you wonder like is it, why how come this one is getting so much attention? And sometimes it turns out that this this uh, one jumper or one athlete with far fewer views, far less of a following, actually may be better at parkour. Well, it's interesting because we've seen it happen uh, in our SBL competitions. Tim Champion is an example of somebody who came into our event not being well-known at all. Like, he was a complete, just, like, unknown figure. Yeah, and we're talking seven years ago? This was 20... The, 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 the pandemic time skip yeah. always, yeah, always yeah, yeah, messes yeah. with me. It's, uh, like, it's, like in, uh, it's like in Avengers... Like the, the time, that's how the pandemic feels, feels to me. We had, we had a competition in 2019 and then two years goes by and then we're back on again. It must've been 2022. It must've been 2015. Yeah. So we missed, we missed 2020, uh, this this past SPL was his his fifth win. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> timeline doesn't matter. But Tim Champion now well known as like one of the first of all most skilled athletes in the world, but also um, uh, has like incredible output. But nobody knew when he first like walked into the competition. It was just kind of like if you had trained with him, you probably had a good feeling like okay he's gonna do really well but nobody knew to the extent and he just crushed the the event and it totally put him on the map and now everybody knows who he is so um that's kind of what, what you were talking about is the comparison is what made him uh like stand out otherwise you might not to, to this day you might not know who tim champion is yeah yeah, I think it's also why it's important too, and I think we're gonna get to talking about some other events uh, later in the the uh, podcast today. I don't want to go away from the yep. competition we're talking about quite yet, but it's um, it's always great to see the athletes that have big followings put themselves 
into competitions, mm -hmm. whether it's whether it's the organizers doing that, you know, try, to try to get more attention or whatever. And I know some people have a problem with it. Like if you take if you take Dom <laughs> Dom Tomato and you put him into a competition, he hasn't. I'm, I'm maybe he'll comment and and say, but I I don't recall him having very many wins or podiums on his competition record. But here he is coming out again and again and again because he has such a huge name. But I think what some of the athletes don't realize is if you make it into a competition and he's in there, that can help you so much because you're being directly compared to one of the biggest names in parkour. Yeah. Well, and not only are you being compared, but you're just he's potentially going to draw some of his audience towards the mm -hmm. event and then you're going to be able to be seen in the same potentially the same videos, the yeah. same photos. He's so, he's so good too at, at uh, featuring, like in his vlog content, at featuring people. He's like everyone's biggest supporter, which is like <laughs> so cool. Yeah. <laughs> he's our biggest supporter, <laughs> I mean, geez. Yeah, yeah Dom, is a, Dom is a great uh, person to have around because he's like always willing to like push people and, mm -hmm. uh, and also like uh, promote them, yeah. uh, which is super cool. Um, but back to the event. Back to the event. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think one of the main things I wanted to touch on today was just kind of uh, just talking about our experiences mm -hmm. with it. And and for me, I feel like coming out of uh, the competition, the last competition, I was able to, other than like the really silly ones that we do at the gym sometimes. So like mm -hmm. we have like a Christmas themed one that I'll you know hop in and do a, a run for. Uh, two years ago, but the last time I actually went to a more sort of formal competition that that I, you know, was really trying to do my, my best, that was 2015. And that was in Calgary. In, 20, okay. in 2015 was, was, was the last it, time. Was it not 2016 at Apex International? Oh, okay. No, okay, you're right, you're right. It was 2016. Uh, the reason, okay, so the reason I guess 2015 stands out more to me is because that was right before, that was like the summer, and then in the fall, I, I tore my Achilles tendon. And so by the time we went to Apex International, it was just kind of like, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> doing gotcha, this thing. okay. But, but I guess it doesn't stick out to me because in 2015, also in 2015 was like a regional competition, but no, no, you're right. So I, so I, should, I should say officially 2016 because... I still tried my best yep. um, in, in that one. But yes, 2016 Apex International would actually be the last one that I did. Both of them speed comps too. Um, yeah, and Apex Apex also had, and so you brought this up um, to me after the, um, the competition in Penticton, and you asked me if I had ever actually competed in a skill mm -hmm. competition in like the basically the the jam format mm -hmm. and i was like i don't know if i have and then it just occurred to me during our conversation now is that apex international had a skill round that i think if you won you got mm -hmm. into the mm -hmm. speed competition it wasn't like its own podium i don't recall doing a skill comp though and maybe i didn't i remember doing I think they had two speed courses to qualify. And and I remember just me me or just it, it being about seeing how like cuz there were like probably like 40 competitors and it's like okay like where can I 
Yeah. Where can I rank? I'm competitive, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't think people should be ashamed of it. I'm competitive. I want to see how far. Yeah. If there's 40 guys, I want to see, you know, uh, <laughs> how high up that, those, those ranks I can make. And it obviously matters more if there's, there's more competitors. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think I was, at first I was like, oh yeah, this might be the first community round of skill competition I've ever done. And now, in retrospect, no, it's not the first. I don't remember exactly the way it worked at Apex. Um, but I remember, like, they never really had, like, podiums for skill. It was mm -hmm. always, like, as a qualification to get into speed. So... I seem to remember Joel Eggman yeah. being the one that won a skill event yeah. that got him into the finals for speed. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Okay. Yeah, he stuck a massive like yeah. standing pre at height on a rail. It was super cool, electric moment. Yeah. Um, but I think they also had like uh, the day, the not the the year before there was like an apex speed competition that I participated in. And I think that one also might have yeah, had a I, Yeah, I think, there's, I think there's two years that we went out to Colorado for, for competitions, and it's all fuzzy yeah. for me. Yeah, it all kind of blurs together. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a while. Yeah, okay. So, so this was kind of, uh, and again, for me too, also the first time competing in a community round of skill. Um, a lot of the challenges I didn't even want to touch <laughs> uh, last weekend. But, but really, I, I, I really enjoyed myself with, with speed. Um, because I, I like, I admit it. I think I, I admittedly have holes in when it comes to like the various parkour skills, there's definitely some skills that I, I struggle with more and like relative to my ability and other things, it's like, Oh, I don't quite have the same ability here. Still working on those things all the time. But I think the difference for me with, with speed is, is because you don't have to do any specific skills. It's always, I don't know, more, more enjoyable for me, I guess. But I also feel like I'm just able to showcase what I can do better in a speed course than I can in a skill competition, if that makes sense. So would you say overall you, you enjoyed the speed competition more than the yeah skill. yeah but it's also beca because yeah, yeah. I, because i perform better right um and I, I think some people are the opposite like if you asked uh, uh tim champion he much more prefers skill than speed because he performs way better in skill comps than he does in speed comps um so i think i'm like the opposite of that see i feel like i am the opposite of you yeah. But it's, it's but you, interesting you, because... You do well. I, I know this weekend wasn't like great for you physically for, to do speed, but you, you've performed really, like, really well in, in speed competitions before. Yeah, I, but I feel like, I don't know, maybe it was just the, the weekend, but I feel like those days are over. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I do really love speed courses. Mm -hmm. um, there's something about them that is really appealing. But, um, especially that first speed course, it felt like not only did I not have the legs for it to like jump the gaps in the way that I wanted to, but I just couldn't handle the impacts. There was a very droppy kind of parts of it that was just like, I can't be stiff 
and rebound out of these, I have to literally put my hands down because it hurts mm -hmm. otherwise. So, <laughs> so that was like, that was annoying about it. And it made, it just, I was like, okay, I'm dropping out after my first run because it was, it just wasn't worth it. And there was no chance. I didn't have any chance of like doing well in that comp, in that speed course to well enough to get into the, uh, the final round. But, but I really like the, the skill, uh, format because I can kind of walk around and pick and choose where I want to like mm. focus my energy. Um, and then uh i i love problem solving i mean there's a lot of problem solving in speed for sure but a lot of um there's like you know the this individual challenge problem solving mm -hmm. that's in the skill challenges and there's a game there's a gamification of like all right how am i going to strategize like which mm -hmm. ones to do in which order and like how am i going to work on this one do I have to stand in a line to get this one done or do I, that one over there doesn't have a line, but I, it looks grim and I don't want to try it. So there's a, there's like a strategy element there, but yeah, I don't know. There's strategy and speed as well. Yeah. I think one of the things about skill comps, I think that's also less enjoyable for me is the fact that someone else is setting the challenges, whereas if I go out and jam, I get to, and that's also, that's also a positive. So it's, it's just like, kind of like a love hate thing, I yeah. guess, because in, in, on one hand you go to a skill competition and someone is, is designing the game. You're about to, you know, like in a very, very boxed in way, like in a very exact way, like you must do these challenges performed exactly this way. That, that is how those competitions work. And so you're kind of just like trusting that the designer is going to set the right level. And I actually think they did. I think they did a great job at this particular competition. But the thing that, that I dislike is, is that there's some challenges where it's just like, oh, I don't like the way this one, this isn't something I would enjoy doing mm -hmm. ever outside of, and there were only like a couple that were like that or, <laughs> so one, one sticks out is like they had this, they had this really tiny jump challenge it was the tiniest jump and you just had to jump around this corner without touching like this this uh pillar i still i never got it and it was this weird thing because there was there was definitely a, a technique or a beta if you will to doing it that um you were trying to help me out with after the comp but then everyone was lining like all the kids were lining up to do it because it was kind of a thing where actually if you're definitely if you're below like i don't know five feet tall <laughs> and you can jump it's actually probably easier so this is a weird thing. Not not to say that some big guys didn't do it, but um, yeah, that one was just kind of like, kind of felt like a bit of a, a slap in the face, so to speak. Because like I would not enjoy that. To me, that's like it was like almost like the quintessential there's, geek parkour move. Yeah, but there's also so okay. I I agree. It was like visually, it looks stupid, and like it's annoyingly hard, mm -hmm. and like you need like it helps if you're smaller but there's also equally on the other side of like other like jumps or challenges where it's like that's so big mm -hmm. that it's just gonna hurt yeah, going yeah. for yeah, it yeah so the other know? end of the spectrum there was a huge cat leap yeah and i really like cat leaps and i looked at it and i was just like no i, I don't it looked gross wanna, um, like yeah i just didn't want to send it yeah it's it was high level and it mm -hmm. was definitely like 
definitely set in a way that's like okay yeah like the like highest like high level guys could do this but it was that that was also a slap in the face like oh yeah you want to like potentially hurt yourself on this massive yeah. jump like yeah. here's here's a here's a capstone challenge in the middle of this yeah yeah and, yeah but, so, but again and it's it's also something that we we try to do with spl where we we do try to hit that spectrum I don't think we don't do anything like that little jump thing. That's true, yeah. Because that was that was that one just felt silly. But I mean, at a at a regional level competition, it was um, it was it was still appropriate, I guess. It was it was fun for me because I I flashed it and I was like, oh yeah, I got it. <laughs> I didn't know you flashed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, sur- it surprised it, me. I bounced it like fifteen times. Yeah, I just kept going because it wasn't even fatiguing. It was just yeah, like, yeah. So it was just like, oh, dang, oh damn it, go around again. Oh, dang. This is so weird to explain uh, in this format too, because without seeing what it is, uh, I don't know. Stay, stay, stay tuned. We're gonna have a vlog of of the competition eventually. Eventually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um, I was genuinely surprised that like they called me up for the tiebreaker for first mm-hmm. because I was just, I mean, I was just trying to go around collecting the challenges that I like could do. And then I got to the point where I was like, okay, now I'm down to a couple challenges that if my knee felt good, I would go for, but I don't feel good. So I'm just not going to, and I'm just going to rotate between them and see, and just look at them until the time ran out. Um, but Ooh, it was a rumble. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, the, yeah. It, it was it was kind of a surprising moment because when they called my name, I was like, oh, like maybe I'm tied for third or something like that. And so now it's a third place tiebreaker, but it was like first place. But what was actually super interesting, which I didn't find out until way after the fact, that so Silas and I tied for first, um, and we had to do a tiebreaker. But out of all of the challenges that were set that we went through, there was only one challenge that both Silas and I did. Every other challenge that he hit, I didn't touch. And every other challenge that I did, he didn't touch. So it was like this really interesting spectrum of like, you could have a first and a second place where there's almost no overlap, like barely any overlap in the actual challenges that were done, which demonstrates a vastly different skill set. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that they had, um, was it 12 challenges? 12, 13? It was like 14 if you include the bonus. There was a 14. bonus challenge. Yeah, definitely easier to do if you have more. Because uh, I think that's one of the criticisms too that we get with SPL is, is we'll... We'll do a community round that has nine. We'll try to, and then we'll try to fill in with the other rounds, you know. And so we have, you know, five challenges in the next round, three in the final, and we're trying to touch on like every type of, you know, popular type of skill that you see, you know, throughout the year in, in the world of parkour. Uh, so it's hard to please everyone with, with what you know, and also, it, admittedly too. A, a challenge that ha- that shows like some output that clears a gap that has like some airtime just registers way better for audience viewing than than one that does not. So it's it's tough when we get to that's that like, the other pro gap. level. That's the other mm-hmm. gap that we're trying to bridge, mm-hmm. which is like making parkour look cool yeah. to a viewer. Yeah, because I think some people in the past have criticized like, oh, all of the challenges are for people with like a lot of power, and it's like, well. 
To an extent, yes. To an extent. Um, that's, that's, that's very true, but it's also because it's just way easier for someone to watch and comprehend that than to have them do... I don't know, a honestly. tiny jump around a corner. <laughs> a tiny jump around the corner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> While that is a very skilled movement, yeah. without touching not, the wall, you know, it's like yeah. the wall is the wall is doo doo. It doesn't <laughs> sell as much. And actually, that's one thing. Is so like they showed us videos mm -hmm. of the challenges being completed by the challenge setter, mm -hmm. uh, Luke Sabal. And as I'm watching this for the finals, I was like, Oh yeah, that looks pretty easy that looks pretty easy i could do that i could mm -hmm. do that i could do that and then i go around and look at all the challenges like physically in person i'm like whoa that's way bigger than i thought whoa that's way bigger than i thought and luke made them all look really easy in the videos mm -hmm. but upon inspection it's like this is gonna take a lot of tries or i'm not even gonna touch that one because i can't even i can't even begin to like start it so um I think that actually shows how good Luke is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> pretty, uh, yeah, he's a pretty impressive athlete. Um, and he is a SPL finalist. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't even his most hench stuff that he's done no, in that gym no, either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this gonna be, could you imagine if, like, Dan DeWinter was, like, a challenge setter? Yeah. In, at HAL 5? That would suck. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, so, like size and scale sometimes doesn't even sell on video, right? Mm -hmm. So like, it, unless you're like looking at it in person, you don't really get a sense of how big things are. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed myself it's because cause <laughs> low expectations yields like a very high reward, right? So like I went into it like, I'm probably not gonna compete because my knee sucks and training or like and we we had just finished like driving for five hours and it's like mm -hmm. all right get out of the car and then like jump into this competition and then i was like you know what like i'm here like i should just enter and do the best that i can mm -hmm. and then it's just like oh like just low expectation from the star it was just like oh i'm actually like completing a good number of challenges I'm, i feel good about this yeah. like i'm not i'm probably not on the podium but i got it you know like i got some challenges that i wanted to and then it's like, oh yeah, you came in first. Super weird. Yeah, <laughs> round, round by round, it's it was. So so what I wanted to talk about was was just kind of like the growth experience I think that happens when you do a competition. So yeah. so my experience, and you probably have a little bit of a, a different experience than me from from this past weekend. But I come out of the weekend feeling like I increased my mental ability. And I think that happens every time I, I do, I get the opportunity basically to enter a competition. And the, a similar thing actually happens with travel, just as travel in general, like go to a jam, assuming you go to the jam and actually train and try to do challenges or go to like a different scene and train with people and try to do challenges. Because sometimes you'll tend to gravitate towards what the other people in the that scene are doing. Like I very much felt like just just having uh, the trip that I, I just went on to to Brighton, where I just got to train with a couple, like the fifth unit guys, a couple of like pariah, pariah clan guys, um, not store, but you know, I got to I got to meet some of those some of those guys, and and uh, you know, as I'm saying this too, like they're not store is the most notable team out there, but there's there's tons of talent also in the Brighton area of guys just training all the time, 
And I was uh, sitting on the sidelines for most of that that trip because I was just coming off of like this this period where I was trying to avoid jumps to try to see if I could re rehabilitate um, some some jumper's knee. And then I was just trying to get back into it. But I think just being around people and seeing like, oh, these guys go up on rooftops all the time and they do roof gaps all the time. I don't do that all the time. That You know, there's yeah. few and far between opportunities for that. And so I think just kind of like seeing, going to another scene, seeing the level there definitely helps. But but competition, I think, is just another, I think use the word level again, but another level of that because you're you're being not really forced, but you're being put into a position where I can talk about like the first round of skill we competed at, where there was like one challenge in that, that round for me, which was like this tack to, so you had to tack this overhang bit, this like precise overhang bit, and then it sent you back into a cat hang on the thing you took off of. And I know that like that type of skill set is a thing, but I can't think of many areas in Vancouver or spots where I've done that movement, uh, nor in the gym. Like I've definitely done a single leg 180 tack back to cat on the thing that I took off of, but that one spooked me and I had to do like a few preps around it. Mm -hmm. But it was also also cool because there were there were moments in it where you got your fellow competitors encouraging you, you got a bit of a crowd there, you got a time constraint, and then you also have this idea where if I don't get this, I'm not moving on to the next round. Yeah. And so so I think those combined pressures, I guess, pressures, but also encouragement and not to mention the, the um, chemical downpour that I guess is happening inter internally when you're in a competition, all those things combined make you push through to another level that you probably wouldn't get just going out and seshing with people. It, it's the whole like game day thing where it just, it just helps you unlock that next level uh, another way i think i could describe it too is is when you're looking at like a mentally scary challenge and you get the buzz moment which again is probably just like a cascade effect of what's happening internally but you get that buzz moment where where as soon as you hit it you're like okay i'm going now and i feel like in competitions you hit that moment way more frequently and way faster because of everything everything going on and so you get all these all these moments where you get to mentally unlock things and coming out of the experience talking about similar to what we were talking about in last week's podcast where if you're trying a challenge and you're using cheats or assistance mm -hmm. to complete a challenge you get this experience where you use assistance you take the assistance away you complete the challenge and hopefully the next time you see a similar challenge you're able to just unlock it without the assistance I feel like competition is another tool that does that for you because you have the assistance of the competition itself that that might bring a, a new mental challenge for you. you. You may be able to unlock a new mental challenge at the competition and then following the competition be on this level where you're like, cool, if I see these types of challenges again, I'm going to be able to do them because I had this experience under my belt where I, where I was able to do it. And so that's how I feel right now. I feel <laughs> coming out of coming out of that weekend, but also um, coming out of my trip uh, a month ago, where I feel like I'm just able to kind of consistently hit another mental level than I was able to hit in I don't know January. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like I had a, I feel like I didn't have as powerful of a transformative experience at this one in terms of, and I usually do whenever I come back from competitions. Um, I feel like the reason why is because out of all of the challenges I completed, there was only a, a couple of them that were like scary. And then the ones I didn't complete were terrifying. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like I didn't, I didn't get like the ones I, like the ones that would have given me that effect, I was, I didn't break through. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't therefore like grow as a result of it. But I do agree. It's like, there's such a, such a really valuable element to like the time pressure of like, well, you got to do this now or you're not doing this. Whereas, like you said, if you're just out seshing, it's like the, the closest thing that comes to that is you call a friend over to film it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's just like, oh, well, now I have to. Yeah, it's added pressure and encouragement. Yeah. So, but, but outside of that, like when you're in a competition, it's like, okay, well, there's only two minutes left. I have to do this now Mm -hmm. or I don't get a chance to do it at all. And I have to walk away from it. Um, So it's like, you have to make the decision. Are you doing it or are you not? And you have to actually commit to doing it in that moment um, because otherwise you have to walk away outside you can walk away easily it's just oh yeah okay i'll come back to this another time or or whatever right you give yourself the out um and you might you might still make the decision to do it but you have this way longer time horizon of like okay i can do this now i can do this tomorrow i could do this next week i could do this Mm -hmm. in a month from now but the time horizon in a competition is so short that it forces you to like, okay, you decided you're gonna do it. Well, now you're gonna put your money where your mouth is, and you're gonna actually do it. Um, and there is a lot of growth that happens there. And I feel like there was, yeah, I mean, there was like this. The bar strides at height were like were a bit scary for me to go for, but um, but it wasn't like that, like mm-hmm. that high level of like of of like fear that I unlocked and broke through. Mm-hmm. And then I think the other challenge that was scary for me was um, the Kong plyo off the rail mm-hmm. to the, just cause it's like, oh man, I haven't done a big Kong in a while. And this was actually like the challenging thing about the doing the competition and where I felt like I didn't compete at the level that I feel like I could have done was that I haven't done big things in a while. I haven't done big things in a long time. Like mm-hmm. I haven't done a big catback. Like I can't remember the last time I did a big catback. And so it was annoying me that I wouldn't get myself to go for that catback to the railing because it's like I just don't know what it feels like to do a big catback. Um, so, um, but it was it was what was really great about it is I did the growth experience that I did have was that it's like getting back into mm-hmm. doing hard things whereas like i've just been rolling on stuff for the last (laughs) like couple years basically Mm -hmm. so um, because it's low impact and it doesn't involve like me being stiff land doing stiff landings uh, or Mm -hmm. big stuff so yeah i guess one of the the, uh, one of the other things that i made it more of like a profound experience for me too is the whole like knees test Mm -hmm. where where like i know 
I, I went through this again because I, I went from like, okay, I had an operation on one knee, was able to do a little bit last summer. And then towards the end of the summer or into the fall, I started getting jumper's knee on my other knee. And so I'm like, okay, cool. I have to remove a bunch of things from training. And recently I've been like adding those things back in. I wear, I wear a band around, around the, mm-hmm. the patellar tendon which I'm eventually going to make a video talking about because I get a bunch of questions about it. But it actually um, allows me to deload a bit. And then, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to uh, abuse, you know, the idea of like wear a brace and then do something. But there were basically in the speed courses at this competition, there were things that I would have been avoiding, just like yeah. cascading yeah. plyos downward. I have not been doing, I've been doing jumps. I mean, but, but if you... If you were to like think about the the types of jumps you've been seeing me doing, they're across and they're up. Yeah, I haven't been like plowing plowing my way down, which normally I love. Yeah, but, but I've just been you know removing that from things that I do, and it was yeah, it was uh, it was cool just to kind of let go and just be like, okay, I'm doing this. There was a hilarious moment to me though mid mid run that I told you about, where like in the first course that actually had the more droppy plyos in it. And there was this one that I just felt like I was hitting so nice. I was coming down. I would sink into this landing and then direction change into this Kong up. And I hear a little Quinn in the, in the audience as I'm coming around the bend after I take this big drop. He, I hear him go, how's your knee? <laughs> and I was like, and it's just kind of like, as I'm wondering, I'm like, how does it look? Yeah. <laughs> Did it buckle when I landed? Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's just one of those one of those funny things where, yeah, people are aware that you're going through injuries and as they see you doing like bigger stuff, they're like, how's it going? And it's like, it's going well. Yeah, it's clear, Hopefully, it's as clearly you can going see, well. it's clearly going well. Yeah. Did you, did you see Ernest's, this is a total aside. Yes. Did you see his comment? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks Ernie. So, oh, he hates that. I know. Um, yeah, so e- e- e-money's talk. I'll just give some context here mm-hmm. because I'll let him in on the joke. Uh, Rene posted something on Instagram, and he's wearing uh, his knee. What is it called? It's a strap or a band. Knee strap um, or band? for Yeah, specifically for, for your patellar tendon. Yeah. And a lot of times I wear it under pants or over top of pants, and so you don't notice it but as much. But it's hot. It's hot. I was in short shorts. So um, here, here's another question, though. And mm-hmm. it, well... I know the answer to this. Mm-hmm. Does it help? Oh yeah, it's like a night and day difference for me in terms of like, do something that would cause pain without it on, and then put it on and do the same thing, and it's like, oh, it's gone. So it's just like a no-brainer for me to use. Just wear it, yeah. And again, the same thing. Like I'm not, tr- I'm trying not to abuse it. I'm trying not to make it a thing where um, I'm trying to think of other things that are similar, but nothing really. Like, I'm trying to make another analogy, but, but nothing really sticks out as to, like... Well, here's an analogy. Mm. It's like popping, popping, like, ibuprofen before you go train. There you go. It's mm. like, yeah, takes the pain away, but, like, does it... You can't sustain it. You but can't, you can't continue yeah. doing that because mm. if, you, if you just do big plyos, you know, mm-hmm. just because it's painless when you're wearing the Band-Aid doesn't mean it's fixed. Yeah, and so, like, I'm picking my battles, and, you know, um, and, and I think I would know, too, like, there, there's definitely, 
there's definitely like a level of impact and and power on takeoff that I could hit where it would probably still hurt even with the band yeah. on it. So I have to stay below that. And like yesterday, you know, we were joking about it a bit, but when we were doing like our field drills, I took it off to do to do some of them, right? Because mm -hmm. like I have to reintroduce it. And if any one of those drills or impacts hurt, I would, you know, it would be a clear indicator of like, okay, I'm doing too much right. too soon. But anyway, so the joke, so, yeah. the joke was, so E-Money commented saying, uh, I like your knee watch or something like that. Because <laughs> it does kind of look like it's it a does, watch. It does look like a watch. Shape. Yeah, and uh, funny enough, I had one that wasn't as good quality and it kept falling off. Oh. So I would like be doing, there's one uh, uh, challenge, uh, you weren't there for this session, but like downtown where I was uh, hitting this stride and the last stride was across water and it kept falling off into the water and then I would have to dry it out. Oh, that's and, like, annoying. But then it was weird because I was taking these last two strides without it on and it wasn't like it wasn't hurting yeah, okay, to do. So I just like wear it as like, you know, like oh, one of these might hurt. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on but it kept falling into the water. And someone uh, uh, would comment, this has actually happened on two sessions where, where it would fall off. This one that I have now doesn't fall off, but the one that was falling off, they'd be like, did your watch just fall off <laughs> into the water? Because it just looks like, that's what it watch. looks like. It looks like a watch went flying through the air and like fell into the water. So not a bad observation. I should probably get back to him and let him know what's going on. He probably knows though. Do you think he actually thinks it's a watch? Or <laughs> How would you check the time on that? <laughs> yeah, just it's kind of annoying. <laughs> um, it's kind of annoying having a, a patellar tendon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I feel like my my pain is more annoying. Yeah, just don't you know can't, what's going on. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have, I have this uh, list of notes right now for a video that I want to do about injury recovery and. One of the things that I'm, I'm trying to do is break down into, into phases, like phases of injury. And what I broke it down to was actually there's a phase before what I would say injury, which is just pain. Yeah. Um, because you almost can't call it an injury until it's diagnosed. And so you're just yeah. in pain. You're right. just like, I have some pain in this area. I guess, I guess you can call it, it injury, is an injury, but, but like but... you understand the saying, like, like there's, there's a phase where you're just in pain and you can't even, I guess what I'm trying to say is you can't begin the recovery period until, until, there's, you know. until there's diagnosis or at least, or at least some sort of solution where it's like, oh, this is, this is uh, giving me relief and so I can keep doing this and eventually it's going to recover. That's the annoying thing about mine is like, I've got, I, I had tools that would give me relief and it was mm -hmm. like, cool, this is like, I'm able to manage this now, but then that stops working. And it's mm -hmm. like, okay, well, like, I don't know what to do anymore. Right. Like, do you want to describe your symptoms so we can get some comments? Like, give me some arm, armchair physiotherapy. About, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't no, want I don't to. No. <laughs> no, we don't want that. It's pain during some landings. It's pain during some takeoffs. And, and it's, it's not, it's not, it's not located at your patellar tendon at all. And it's not at all even close to the mm -hmm. patellar tendon. Or in the joint. To different, or in the joint. Different tendon entirely. It's a tendon or it's muscular. Um, yeah, let us know in the comments. Which, which tendon do you think yeah. is being affected? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take a guess. Give me your guesses. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, so 
Okay. Do we want to talk more about competition? I want to talk about another competition that recently happened. Okay. This um, is one of those uh, segues? Yep. So it is. <laughs> okay. Let's yeah. do it. Okay. So, Movement Master. I believe yes. is the title of it. Yeah. I, I think you, you might agree with me, but I, I feel like I have a, a somewhat hot take. Ooh, a hot take, spicy yeah. take coming from Renee. But, never comes up with but hot I, takes. No, never. Not not known. <laughs> not whatsoever. a single hot take. I usually take. don't call them out as hot takes, but then That's true. I'm, I'm starting to realize that They're if the majority takes. of people may not agree with me, or if it's that that it's potentially controversial or dare I say negative viewpoint of of something, that it that I should I should just brace people with hot okay. take. I think it's appropriate. But before we get to my hot take, do you have a take? No, I want to hear your hot take. Okay, okay so the hot take uh, is I am somewhat let down by the fact that every time there's seemingly like a one-off type of competition, it seems like it's not actually a competition. It seems like it is just something to showcase the most banger type things you can get done, but it doesn't do all the things that we just explicitly talked about that happen in competition, such as like the rise of an unknown athlete or whatever, because this one in particular was like, invite out all of the biggest known style competitors and then set up this format that no one really understands, but just doesn't matter. Like, does it matter what the format was for Movement Master? Does it, does it really matter what the format was? I'm gonna say it doesn't matter. In my opinion, it doesn't matter what the format was. It's clearly like the point was, all right, each day the challenge is try to do something crazy on this setup, and we're gonna kind of put some rules and some scores but they're pretend, those are pretend rules and scores. I'm talking like Chael Sonnen right now. Um, but but that's, wish. that's what, <laughs> no, I wish I had his delivery. He's amazing. But anyways, um, it, it just feels like it wasn't, and it's not to say that I didn't like what I saw and didn't like what you know came out of it, but I feel like it's just not a competition and no one really cares who won. Who won? You know who won. I know who won, but. Um, <laughs> everybody could have guessed who yeah. won, like, as soon as the names were announced. Yeah. Um, so, wow. That was not only a hot take, <laughs> but it's super true. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, I, I, I was actually, like, I thought you were going to be like, oh, well, it was stupid. And then I was going to be like, no, it wasn't that stupid. It's, it's not, not stupid. It's, it's kind of cool. It's, it's, but, it's like Red Bull. Can I say it also? It's like Red Bull last year like Red Bull Art of Motion that apparently wasn't Art of Motion and there's this weird stuff and it's like, well, maybe it's not a competition, maybe it's just a showcase and maybe it should be more about that because it almost seemed like the Red Bull Art of Motion was just like this, in, in another, <laughs> had they filmed it differently, it would have fit in nicely as like a fun reality TV show where you get points each day and don't get voted off the, was it an island they were on? No, they weren't on an island. They are somewhere in Greece. I think it Maybe was an island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, it just could be this fun thing where you make up points and, and challenges and stuff right. and don't get voted off the island and we have all the best uh, athletes in the world here. And, and this, this kind of felt similar where it's just like, okay, we have kind of some attempt at making a competition format, but it's, it's mostly just for fun and to get exciting things done and okay, at the end so of the day. 
cool content, cool clips, but okay. But we don't so, really know who the best uh, style athlete was. Okay, here that. here we go. Okay, here's the here's the um, devil's advocate. Right. Do we need more competitions that are fully merit based? And now. This is a rhetorical question. Mm-hmm. You don't have to answer this, but mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is that oh, I'm going to answer. It. Stop answering it. I don't want you to answer the question. <laughs> it's rhetorical. <laughs> it's rhetorical. Okay, so okay, here here's here's the way the the why I'm framing it this way is mm-hmm. because this you're right. This was a showcase. It was invite some of the best athletes in the world to do really crazy stuff, do like, they're all popular, or at least most of them are. They're gonna do banger stuff. You're gonna get awesome Instagram clips from it. Um, And at the end of it, you're gonna be able to give pretty good prize money to the top three athletes based on whatever scoring criteria. Yeah, I think I saw like 4,000 euros was, First place? I think first was, or was five. That second? <laughs> second place was four, and third place was two, which is significant, right? That's a significant amount of money. I don't know if the athletes were flown there. If they were, that's even better. You know, like, so you're taking this concept of a professional level, like parkour competition, and you're off, you're basically providing an opportunity for these athletes to one, you know, potentially podium and get paid, two, to be flown out to have an experience, three, to then also get their name out there more, and four, to get like banger clips for their own social media, which they're gonna do anyway on their own without the event. So is this overall a positive? For parkour, I think yes. Can I, can I interject with something sure. here? Okay. Everybody who attended, do you think they would all identify as doing people that do parkour? All the athletes. This isn't actually my point. This is just kind of building to it. Um, I would say that maybe not. Maybe they wouldn't call it parkour. They would call it free running. Essentially, because I'm thinking of guys like Flip like Z, mm-hmm. and Z, I know. <laughs> Z, Z says he does parkour though. Like oh, he, he does. He will, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Like he does. He does parkour lines all the time. Um, but yeah, he also does just flips. Anyway, point I was getting to was because uh, I, I was going to say the answer is yes that everyone if you if you ran into one of those guys on the street and were like, hey, do you do parkour? Like, yeah, I do parkour. Just because it's like it's the yeah. easiest yeah, term. Yeah, sure. It's the it's the dominant term beyond flips for running and stuff. It's still the dominant term. It's called Movement Master. And I don't believe there's a subtitle there of like Movement Master, like parkour. So, so it's just kind of like muddying the waters more of like, is this, is this good for parkour? I don't know. Maybe a little bit. Does it even matter? Is my point? Probably not. Probably doesn't matter. Probably does nothing. Okay. So I hear what you're saying, but if this was successful and they're able to do this next year, there's a whole nother cohort of athletes or the same athletes Mm -hmm. that get the opportunity to go and 
do all of those things that I already mentioned, which is, you know, potentially get paid, get flown out to have a good experience, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. be exposed to more followers and like in general, get more banger clips for their own social media platforms. So, yeah, I guess part of my hot take too, is that it doesn't seem like a, an event that can easily build upon itself. It's, it's really hard to say what brands get out of, because I don't know what brands are even backing this event, which is also a bit of a problem. I mean, I, I didn't dig to find out, really. Like, I think I just... it was definitely sponsored by the city that it took place in. Okay. So it's, like, government-funded, yeah, at least to, to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, which, is, which is, you know, great. You know, it's, like, um, it's, it's an opportunity. It's, again, it's more opportunity mm -hmm. for parkour athletes. Mm -hmm. um, is, I don't know. We don't, yeah. <laughs> it's more opportunity for parkour athletes at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Do I agree with some of your criticism? Yes. There is some, there's some merit to that. It's not so much of a criticism. I think it's just like, it's, these are observations that I, I think you have a hard time debating that they aren't true. And it's, it's not so much that I'm like, oh, this sucks and it shouldn't have happened. It's just like a little bit annoying and a little bit of a letdown that we can inject tons of money into something and then not really make it something like that this, I'll go back to, I don't know if they actually build upon this event or if they come up or if it's the city or whoever sponsored it comes out and says like, oh, that cost a lot and we didn't really get a good like ROI on it. So we're not doing it again. Yeah, well, it's it's just, it, it depends on what their goal of the event is. Mm -hmm. Is their goal to, it, you know, is their goal to get more people to, like, visit the city? Like, I, I don't know if that's, like, I don't know what incentive yeah. a city has to fund these types of things. It doesn't, like, I think it's like a maybe a tourism play. Um, but, yeah, overall, I think... I'm pretty like overall I again I still I'm like on the on the side of like ah it's cool that it happened does it does it actually tell you who the best in the world at style is uh no but it is more more uh, more evidence that Ellis is <laughs> does stack some more in his favor um were all the people invited deserve to to be in attendance, like I don't know, probably not. You know, like what what was what were you know was social media the only factor in like contributing to it? I mean, we're guilty of this too with SPL. Like we've definitely invited um, people who didn't necessarily have the merit towards the event, but just because they were like popular at the time or whatever. So, I mean, that's really how North, the North American Parkour Championship started. Is like. We didn't have any previous events to go off of. In fact, we didn't really have much parkour competition at all. So we were just like, okay, let's invite out the best athletes that we know of. Many of them have good social media followings. And although it was kind of before like the real like virality of parkour social media. Yeah, when, when we did the first NAPC, it was more about who we knew were the biggest names in North America and then trying to see if we could get them all to to come to an event to compete. And I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's kind of like what 
movement master did right they're mm -hmm. like okay well, like let's see if we can get all the top names to come and then yeah put on this event and see and out of it we're gonna get yeah awesome clips that are gonna go viral on social mm -hmm. media and promote the event itself and then the city of i don't know the name of the city I don't want guess it didn't work very well, but I anyways, want, I, I can, I, I, I just don't want to mispronounce it horribly. <laughs> okay. Oh, so like you, you kind of have this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what the city is. And like I said, I, I didn't do much digging, but I feel like I shouldn't really have to. I feel like it should be kind of more available. There wasn't, was there a live stream for it? Like, I don't mean like a social media one. I mean like a, I think you know, if anything, like there that. was a social media live stream. Okay. So anyways, I guess the, the, so the butt of my hot take more is that, uh, I guess, I just feel as someone in the parkour scene, in the parkour industry, uh, who's heavily invested, it always feels like a bit of a letdown when this sort of thing happens, where it's just like seemingly uh, a one-off event that a bunch of capital gets injected into, and we can't seem to do a better job of, of pointing it to parkour. Because parkour's not really in the title, it's not really, heavily featured it just kind of seems like a great opportunity for the athletes involved um seems to serve the purpose of the brand but i i wish there were and, and, and you know maybe they maybe they were maybe there are some people working behind the scenes that were really pushing like well, can we make this a little bit more about parkour but at the end of the day i just come out of it feeling like this sort of bittersweet thing of that it was a great showing <laughs> There were some cool things that went down. Really cool things that went down. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really seem to point to parkour as much as it could. Well, yeah. And, I, and it doesn't seem like it's going to, it doesn't seem like there's, there's much to go off of that it would happen again. Yeah, we don't know that, I guess, but it does seem like it probably is just a one-off a wager on it. Thing. Oh no, I don't want to do that. I'm not a gambling <laughs> man. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe the title movement master is like an attempt at appealing to just a regular person. And then happen, like they would happen to come across a, um, like they would happen to come across it and be like, oh, like these, what these guys are doing cr is crazy. And then they would be like, oh, this is actually called parkour. I found it through like, mm -hmm. because I had this whole experience and now I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It's just like parkour. kind of going off of what we were talking about when we were talking about skate. That was a fun uh, social media experience, experiment. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, when we're talking People about People on the internet are mean. <laughs> We were talking about it and I was talking about, you know, how, how big parkour is. I think if, if you have a command of the English language and you're not a boomer, so you're younger than a boomer, you know what parkour is. You know the word parkour. Yeah, that's likely. And then, but honestly, even boomers, like boomers watch The Office. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is, is you don't need the word movement then. You can just use the word parkour. And it's also what I have against, I mean, you should too, like we have against Red Bull free running. It's like, nah, make a Red Bull parkour. Maybe there's some sort of politics behind that, why they can't use parkour, but like the term free running is, is dying. It truly is. It, it truly is like falling out of favor. <laughs> and Tempest free running. Yep. 
yep the 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 old guard is holding on to it you know and the and the you know the ed scotts that like to refer to themselves as as free runner because it's um the the better noun right like free runner is a better just an easier roll off the tongue than maybe than parkourist parkour or or parkour athlete you know free runner is just kind of like an easier thing but it's like but it's like hey we're parkour athletes and free runners i don't know anyways that's that's the whole other uh, conversation that we keep having. I don't want to have it again today. But um, leave a comment below. Tell us <laughs> once again. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, um, I'm I'm largely in agreement with you that we need to stop shying away from the term parkour. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and and I think. I mean, I, you you said they weren't criticisms, but I think they mm-hmm. are criticisms. I, I I do roughly agree with your criticisms about the event, um, but I do think overall it's a positive experience, and therefore, you know, you know, I hope it does happen again. Yeah, no, I, it's like I hope Gizmo style battles happens again. I hope Kings of the Concrete keeps happening. I hope Movement Master, although work parkour in there somehow keeps happening Someone... kings, kings of the concrete isn't a part it doesn't say parkour no yeah neither does gizmo style battles well yeah i mean gizmo style battles is kind of a thing do, do, do they say free running though or is it just who gizmo does it is somewhere it's in called, the description it's called gizmo <laughs> style battles it doesn't say it's not gizmo parkour style battles yeah yeah that'd be a mouthful though yeah so Maybe your criticism is not just of the movement master, but of every every event. Yeah. Also, like you, Ultimate Fighting Championships UFC doesn't say MMA. That's true. It's not Ultimate MMA because it's all right. We found a chink in his armor. (sighs) My whole my whole hot take just got really cold. Yeah. Damn. Cooled it down. Put it in the fridge. I thought thought it was. I thought it was a really good one. You know. (laughs) Came into. Turned on the camera to do this podcast today, and I was like, yeah, this is a hot one. Spiced <laughs> up. Turns out, turns out it was just like that cold brew that I found <laughs> before. Um, okay. Are we going to wrap up today? Or? I, I, so one more, one more oh, topic. Oh, yeah, one more topic. One more topic. We do got to wrap up soon, though, because got, I, got I got a time limit. However, uh, I do... I did want to shed a little bit of light on, although I'm sure most of our viewers have already seen it, Storer's recent release was freaking great. Freaking great. Yeah, what was it called again? It has parkour in the title. Storer Concrete Parkour, or no, something along those lines. (laughs) Storer, yeah, okay. Cool. If you haven't seen it yet, they go to an amazing location that appears to be some sort of abandoned construction site. So they they got to building, uh, setting probably like rebar and concrete, and then the city or wherever it's from said, "Nah, we're we're not gonna finish building this. So it's just gonna be this concrete structure, this unfinished building." Which every time you know, every time like you drive or ride by a construction site, and you're like oh this looks amazing yeah and then they fill it with glass and plants and stuff so none of that it just stayed amazing so it is really looks like a a high level parkour dreamland 
that they they went to and and they, it's a spot that they're not gonna get bothered by right it's abandoned so it's like there's no i think they had permission oh really yeah oh that's even better part of it so so they document the whole thing and then there's an action edit at the end just just beautiful piece of work something that i i even think you know you they could charge money for if they wanted to but it's up for free on youtube so it's like what i think i think it's like just a 30 to 40 minute film i'm gonna call it that's up for free on youtube and if you're a fan of parkour or even a bit of a fan of store you should check it out because it is great yeah unfortunately i didn't watch all of the like vlog section but i did see the basically the action edit at the end um which i think is actually a really cool way to structure a video is this whole like vlog element of like the documentary style of like hey we're working on these lines this is the the location we're at mm -hmm. and then at the end you get to see this really polished looking edit which uh was excellent it was really good yeah it's kind of what i'm thinking i've i've done i've done something similar before store has done this actually multiple times yeah. um and yeah it's 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 a great way to put together put together a vlog because throughout the vlog experience you're seeing you're seeing preps you're seeing fails you're seeing wins and then just as like a wrap up at the end having basically all the wins together it's really cool yeah and it gives it a nice uh climax that i know you you really love to see love for, a good for the climax. end of the video <laughs> so i did see like the end of the i just kind of walked in while you were watching this i saw the yeah. end of the vlog section mm -hmm. where callum is working on his like king line mm -hmm. right so he's trying to build up to doing can this. you can you let them know what king line is because because we're we're stealing that but yeah, it's but just. I, I love that term though. How, how do we? How do I? Do you want me just to define it? Well, or where does it do, originate? Oh yeah, where does it originate? Chris Sharma. Yeah. Um, he's a climber. So you know, so he's in search of the king lines, right? Like the like top, like the lines that you spot on the rock wall. That like, okay, that's like the king line. That's the, that's the highest level line, or mm -hmm. like that's the, uh, the pinnacle of what you could find on this. Yeah, it's almost like what we were talking case. about last week, working with the with our youth team on on line building. And it's like, yeah, it's not really like a great line if you were excited about one moment and then you just kind of put some faff together. Yeah. But a, a king line is like not only like you're excited about the the components, but it it really should. I don't know. It's 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 kind of it's it's kind of you know to, it to when define. you see it. Right? Yeah, it's like it's when you it's when you see a line in the environment or at the spot, mm -hmm. and it's like it hits it 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 hits all the right, it has the climax it has the um, it has like all the right moves in the right spots mm -hmm. um, it has uh, you know so there's something to it that makes you very excited at least one of those elements, but mm -hmm. probably multiple elements. Yeah, this was just plyos, but but it's like, but I mean, climbing is just climbing. So, <laughs> so if you can have a king line in climbing, uh, for, uh, for a jumper, if you're a jump man, this is, uh, yeah, this would be the yeah, dream Yeah, but climbing has all types of techniques, and so does parkour, but yeah, so, so Callum is working on his king line, mm -hmm. um, which is, which has multiple elements of consequence and it's a series of plyos kind of like a running jump into a series of plyos that has like some different uh level changes and then like uh, goes above height and then he has to stick the landing at the end 
Um, and it's super cool because he's kind of working towards the process. He's like, he kind of, kind of like finally hits like w one of the crux. This is another climbing term uh, of the of the challenge, and then Drew turns to him and is like, "Hey, do you want me to start mobilizing some like people to film now?" And Callum's like, "Like, yeah, let's do it." And so Drew walks away and he's like trying to look for people to like come together and film the king line because that's like the team dynamic is like, okay, like once somebody has like the thing, we're gonna all come together and then film it as essentially a team um and uh but basically as drew walks away looking for the others that's when the action edit starts so you don't really get to see the completion until the very end of the action edit which is such a really so it really like culminates in this climax moment of you get to see him hit the king line and all of the celebration afterward yeah and it's crazy too to to get all of that out of a, a two day experience. I, I think they had two days that they spent filming there. Uh, a number of the members of the team were injured, but you know, coming out of it, it's just like one of those projects that I think could easily like. There's there's lesser stuff behind paywalls for films, and and we we talk about them a fair bit on this on this show. But th this is what we're I think looking for usually when it's something behind a paywall is and, and it's it's tricky because when you go out to document stuff you don't always get the you know the stuff that really is is going to be big and and makes a cool story behind a paywall they I guess they were fortunate that just things aligned you know like Callum was was feeling right for it um, they were able to get enough other lines with the other members they have that crazy location and he actually was able to accomplish what um he set out to do and like, like i said you don't you don't always get that every time you're like hey we're gonna go film something i think and uh i don't know what's going on with with breach but you know that was like one of the things with uh with breach which was another 30 plus minute compilation is it just felt like a bunch of videos strung together there were no real big moments or any like sort of like meaningful storytelling um it seemed like that like so much of it was up to the edit. Like like a lot of things didn't align for the actual filming and it seemed like the and they did a great job editing that piece but but it seemed like they were just trying to oh, the only analogy I have is polish a turd and that's not what I want to say but I That's just said so it. rude. Yeah. Um but but really <laughs> like it wasn't because oh, because <laughs> But that's like kind of what you're doing, like as an editor. Sometimes you're like, oh, I just have, I don't have enough here. I have to like get as much as I can out of this. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like the edit, the editing of that breach film. They seem, it seemed like they really had to squeeze as much as they could out of out of what was actually filmed. It wasn't turd. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't really mean that. That was just, yeah, hot takes today. Um, Hot takes, hot cakes. Lukewarm. Yeah. Lukewarm um, cake. No, takes. Like there, there's super high level talent in the, in the Breach um, film. So, you know, we, we got to see that. It just, it just lacked in, lacked in coverage, lacked in, and story. lacked in, yeah. Which, that, was which the is, big, that was the big missing yeah. component was there wasn't really yeah. a good story. No yeah. one, no one found a king line in that. Yeah. So the closest thing was, I think, a, a big cat leap that Gnomes did in that. But anyways. Back to store, I don't know. Yeah, so I wanted to say that this is, it's like 
the whole experience of doing like this that project i feel like it seems to me like that is a dream like that's like a dream experience mm -hmm. where because i i personally love going out and filming clips like uh, like getting clips right but like if we had two days where we don't have to worry about any other like like work obligations yeah. or whatever and we could go out and we can like we go to a dream location and it's like okay like we have a whole team of people our goal is to get the most banger clips or like the king lines mm -hmm. like find the king lines in this spot and try to achieve that in like over the two day period um, that's like a dream come true and then we get to like put together this video project at the end of it of like yeah. vlog style commentary along with like action edit that to me is like probably the best experiences in parkour. Yeah, um, and you can get that out of like a parkour trip, but this was like a dream parkour trip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's what that's that's what I think I'm alluding to is like that's some of my favorite moments in parkour mm -hmm. are um, film filming clips with the homies and like that's aiming towards a bigger project. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Last thing I want to say about this particular piece, too, is that if you're still on the fence, you're like, ah, I'm not really sold. I don't think I'm going to click and watch it. If you liked Roof Culture Asia and you remember the massive gap jump that Callum did in Roof Culture Asia, he does allude to that the plyo challenge to him was a, a greater achievement. So there you go. I'm selling it as much as I can. It's free. Go watch it. You know what he says at the end? He says... Uh... He says parkour at 30 is awesome, right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's an old man parkour. Yeah. Right. Well, he's not, he's not, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, I was 30 once. Um, I didn't feel that old. <laughs> it was, I was coming off an Achilles tear, but really it was just like, you, you do hit a certain prime. Like, and I think he's uh, also closing in on, I think, I think he's over 15 years of experience. Definitely. At this point. Right. And so. Yeah, he's still, I still think he's in his, uh, Callum is still in his physical prime, um, and he's entering his technical prime. Right. So you're putting those two things together. Yeah, like, that, that's the thing, too, is, I mean, I think I reflect on my own personal experience with parkour, mm -hmm. and, you know, people, you know, people ask me, is like, you know, are you, you know, do you feel like you're better than you were, worse than you were? It's like, mm -hmm. technically speaking, I feel definitely better. Mm -hmm. Like I'm better in every single way, technically, mm -hmm. when it comes to parkour. I can't jump as powerfully. I require bigger run-ups for things. Mm -hmm. So I like have definitely diminished some of my power over the course of the last, you know, several, you know, years. But technically speaking, I'm definitely better. And then like in some things i'm mentally way better mm -hmm. in other things i'm mentally worse and that just has to do with like how much power i actually have in my reserve and also what i've been working on for the last few years which hasn't been the same level so i think what callum is experiencing right now is technical prime as you said but he's also like probably experiencing some mental prime and he's also just like a very powerful jumper and so he's not hasn't really lost Mm -hmm. much of his output over the course of his tenure yeah the the mental improvement is is an interesting one too because well like for me 37 now and i've 
I've been, I have, I have baggage. Like I've been through stuff. Like I've, I've got hurt and had to, had to build back. And so mental is a bit iffy where, cause, cause you do have to rebuild that after, after injuries, but assuming you don't <laughs> have a lot of experiences like I've had, you can still like build your mental too, just as much mm -hmm. as your technical. I think some people get in the idea where as you get older, you're like more thinking about like self-preservation waste of time um, <laughs> but but i but i think I, I think that's that's often the uh part of what uh diminishes athletes over time too is they start thinking more about self-preservation more about um more about their future i guess and so they're not as willing to take risks but if you can if you can ignore those tendencies <laughs> then I think you can continue to, to push yourself mentally. And I think we see that with a lot of other athletes too, where they're able to continue to unlock um, more mental risk or, or still be like risk takers within parkour. And then if they're not falling off too much physically, if they're able to structure, I think Callum's been able to like structure his training better. So he even might have more pop and more bounce than he used to. I know he's certainly trying to do that. So um, that plus the, the technical um proficiency and then yeah if you're still able to get yourself to take risks you can your 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 prime can be like well into your 30s mm -hmm. yeah i definitely agree with that all right i gotta go time to go thanks so much for tuning in please like comment subscribe do all the things that help us reach more people with this podcast because that would be really great and uh we can grow parkour more and the there's not a lot of clips happening in this uh conversation but uh, hopefully you like hearing us talk so <laughs> uh thanks again for tuning in we'll catch you in the next episode